Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Even though the Seattle Mariners, not part of the 2017 postseason, plenty of exciting moments in the regular season for sure. And joining us to help break it all down, Greg Johns, our Mariners beat reporter for MLB.com. Greg, we thank you for joining us on this day, Thursday, the 12th of October, as uh, the playoffs are well underway. Seattle, like I said, not part of the postseason, but uh, a lot of memorable moments for the M's uh, during the course of the long 162-game regular season. And, uh, Greg, you and the other uh, beat reporters submitted your top ten lists uh, for the top moments of the M season. And uh, on your list, I see a lot of defense. Uh, ben Gamble had a great grab. Uh, Taylor Motter, we saw Guillermo Heredia take away a, a home run. So a lot of defense on the list, but some uh, important individual milestones as well as uh, both Robbie Cano and Nelson Cruz hit their 300th career home runs during the course of the season. So a lot to kind of cherry pick here. So uh, for your, you know, personally for you, what kind of stands out from this uh, M's 2017 season? Yeah. And you mentioned the defense. I think that that was a big thing for this Mariners team. I mean, they, uh, Jerry DePoto went and and tried to make them more athletic in the outfield. And and that that was a big plus for them. They, they, uh, they had, Guys could run and catch and do things out there that they haven't had for a long time. They're all young, you know, three rookies out there. But at the end of the year, so and uh, and Gene Segura at shortstop uh, uh, came in with a big bat. But I think Matt, if you're talking about one of my favorite and most memorable games, and I think a lot of fans uh, will look back on it uh, mid-July in, in Houston, uh, and uh, they'd won four in a row at the time. They were in a, in a seven-seven tie and in the ninth inning and, and just trying to hang on. And this is a team that struggled to beat the Astros all year. I mean, it, it turned out that was a, that was a big Achilles heel. They were five and 14 against the Astros, but this, that night, uh, tie tie game and, and Gene Segura made three of the game saving best defensive plays you'd ever see in one inning by, by an individual. And, and, uh, really look back at that. It's, it's really one of the highlights of the season. If you just wanted to pick a moment in a game, I mean, he's made three, three great plays and you know, diving backhand and throw from his knee to, to keep, uh, keep the, Tying run on base, and then and then gets a ground ball from Nori Yoki and fires home to to get the second out on a, on a tough play, and then they, they still got the bases loaded and just trying to hang on, and he he makes another great play to his to the hole and and, and throws out Alex Bregman, I remember for the third out, and, uh, and that was a game, and then they come back in the in the tenth, and Seager and Valencia had home runs to win it, and the, and that was just you know, it was their fifth win in a row, and it seemed like everything going great, and uh, yeah, I look back on that, and uh, you just just wish they could have kept that momentum, uh, but. Uh, 
some nights uh, some nights it's there, and that was kind of a magical one for him. Yeah, it sure was. As you said, uh, Segura, not one, not two, but three outstanding defensive plays in uh, in one in, in one game. Uh, that was certainly uh, quite the coming out party for him. And, uh, you know, we talked about some of the others with uh, Heredia. We talked about uh, Ben Gamble. It seems like that uh, the defense could often be contagious, whether good or bad. And uh, fortunately for the M's, it was on the, the good side of things. Do you see a gold glove uh, in the future of anybody for this team uh, at the conclusion of the, the 2017 postseason? Uh, were, they, were they that good defensively this year? Yeah, I think it was more of a unit uh, that they were good. And Gerard Dyson, the guy that we didn't mention uh, in their play, you know, was probably their best best defensive outfielder and got got hurt at the end of the year, missed the last six weeks with a sports hernia. So, you know, he's a guy that might have been in that running. Uh, you know, it, it's really collectively that, that uh, you know, uh, and Heredi, I think, was tremendous uh, defensively for them, uh, but probably didn't play enough to be in the gold glove. You know, I, I just think – I, I don't know if they get a gold glove. I just think that collectively as a defense really took a step up. Yeah, that's interesting. If they gave out uh, collective gold gloves, maybe Seattle would be in the in the running for that. But uh, that's for another day. Uh, on the offensive side of things that uh, we brought up, that uh, both Robbie Cano and Nelson Cruz belted career home run number 300 uh, during the course of the regular season. And, uh, you know, Greg, even though it seems like uh, that neither guy really generated, uh, you know, headlines – during the course of the season, not not to the level of say like a Giancarlo Stanton who was in the news, you know, seemingly every single night. But you know, in, in my eyes, it seems like that Cano and Cruz have been so good for so long. You almost take their excellence for granted. Can can an argument be made for that? Yeah, and I think I think what Nelson Cruz is doing at his age, I think, is is remarkable. I, I was looking back, and you know, he goes over three hundred, and and you know, it's, there's I think eleven players now, maybe twelve now with 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 Cano joining him that have, that have hit three hundred that are active right now. So it's that's a small small group, but but he had seventy seven homers uh, at age twenty nine and under. So the vast majority of his homers have come since he turned thirty, and and he is now thirty six. I think over the last four years, he's got he's got the most homers in baseball. Uh, and uh, he just missed, uh, you know, his fourth straight year with 40. This year he ended up with 39, just really really pushing hard to get to that uh, 40 again, but didn't quite make it. But, you know, he's been remarkably consistent at, at his age. And 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 Cano, I, I mean, if you just look at second baseman. I, he went over 300. There's, there's only two other guys in, in MLB history, the second baseman, that played the majority of the games at second base that have hit 300. And Jeff Kent uh, with 377. Rogers Hornsby is in the Hall of Fame with with 301, and Cano now at 301 as well as he finished the year. So, I mean, here's a guy. He's 37. Excuse me, 34. Got you know six more years in his contract in Seattle. He's going to go well up on that those numbers as he goes forward. So, pretty pretty special. I think what we're watching with those two guys certainly in in the middle of the lineup and and what they've been doing over the course of their careers. You know, Greg, you mentioned the massive uh, off season makeover that Jerry Depoto uh, took with this team. It didn't quite get them. Uh, into the postseason this year, and uh, I think that the M's have the longest current playoff drought of any uh, big league team, which now stands at uh, 14 seasons, I believe. So given that and given how productive uh, Cano and Cruz still are, and uh, even though I, I'm not quite sure how old Cano is, he's got to be, what, early 30s, I think? 34. 34, okay, so mid-30s, and Cruz, as you said, is 36 Will there be increasing consideration that, you know what, while these guys are still producing, maybe we have to move them because, as you know, even though they're productive, we're still not a playoff team. Is that kind of the thinking right now, or, or could it could it come to a head at some point that DePoto would consider 
fielding offers for either one of these guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them moving those guys, Matt. I think they're, they're pretty set on, on building around uh, and continue to build. I mean, that, Jerry Depoto's a guy that, you know, if you tell him you're getting old, he'll, he'll argue <laughs> that pretty stringently. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll bring up the, the young outfield that they brought in, the, the athleticness there, the, the pitching staff that's gotten a lot younger, uh, somewhat out of necessity, uh, and, and, and tell you, hey, we're building, we're, we're expanding around that group with, with young guys going forward. And, and uh, you know, guys like Mitch Hanniger, they brought in, you know, they think it's going to be a, a big time uh, right fielder for them going forward. And, and Mike Zanino just, Really big breakout year this year at catcher uh, uh, Gamble and, and Heredia. These guys are are young and athletic and hungry, and, and they kind of like building with with the cruises and, and the canoes in the middle of that. And Kyle Seeger's still pretty young as, as well. I mean, that, yeah, they're not they're not ready to give up on that. They, they really, Matt, will look back at this season right now and say, "Hey, it, we like the plan. We think we went at it all right, and we just had a bunch of pitching injuries and historic level of, of pitchers that they had to use and go through with, with 40 different pitchers and 17 starters and say, "Hey, that the formula was right. We just did not have the health to make it work, and we're not going to abandon that." process right now yeah it was it was a mash unit uh for much of the year for that starting rotation unfortunately and that included uh James Paxton who was you know banged up at at certain times this year but one of the moments on your list that kind of stood out to me was on July 24th uh Paxton against the Red Sox uh seven scoreless four hits he struck out a season high 10 and for those efforts in July he was named the AL pitcher of the month as uh, in the month he went 6-0 and with a 1.37 ERA. I feel like most baseball fans, when you, you know, take take inventory of, of the, the better pitchers in the game, Paxton's name isn't always going to come up in part because of those health issues. But as those numbers demonstrate, when he is healthy, when he's on his game, I put him in that elite class of pitchers in the American League. Maybe that's overshooting it a little bit, but at least I think – the potential's there for him to one day become an elite arm in baseball if he can put his injury issues aside. I, no question, Matt. And, and you mentioned that game, and that's right when, seriously, we, you know, we were all talking about how this guy is legitimately putting himself into the, the Cy Young conversation. I mean, he was he had, he had missed some time earlier uh, with with an injury and come back and just been dominant. I mean, he was as good as anybody in July and. Uh, and yeah, he start to get pretty excited because when he is good, he, he is as good as anybody. I mean, he's he's throwing you know high nineties late in games. I mean, he, he can he can heat it up and keep bringing it for a long period of time. And when he's locked in, he's he's really really tough. Six seven coming over the top, you know, that kind of heat and a really good breaking ball. And, and uh, but right after that start that you talked about, he, he comes out and, and uh, strains a pec muscle and and has to miss another six weeks. And uh, yeah. He, he, you get derailed and that that was really the story of their season and that losing him was huge and you know obviously losing Drew Smiley before the season even started and, and then Felix for four months and this Sasha Uakuma for essentially the whole season I mean those your four starters you just you can't you can't really compete at a high level without your four best starters I don't care who you are so um, yeah Paxton I think going forward is really the key guy out of all of that because when he is on he is He's dynamite, and they just uh, need to keep him on his game. And he knows that he's he's gone home this offseason saying, "I got to do some things different. I got to do everything I can to figure out how to stay healthy." And, and uh, you know, some of that's luck, and some of it's work. And, and I know he's going to put in whatever he can do because uh, he, he wants to be out there as much as anybody. Yeah, hoping for the best for him. And I feel like uh, if things come together for him in 2018, you know, health wise, 
he could be the guy that has that uh, that Dallas Keuchel-like emergence, a guy that uh, seemingly is on no one's radar or very few people's radars, and then all of a sudden he, he emerges as a guy that uh, is an elite arm in baseball, as Keuchel is now considered, and it got Keuchel a Cy Young a couple of years ago for his troubles, and maybe uh, James Paxton will be on that same path uh, one year from now. Uh, Greg, when you look at the other moments uh, on this top ten list, and maybe even those that didn't quite make the list, uh, in terms of something that really was just sheer excitement, you know, a, a goosebump moment for you, uh, what what kind of stands out? <laughs> I look back, it's funny. Sometimes the little things are uh, are pretty big. I remember they had a game against the Tigers in uh, in mid-June, and Justin Verlander is, is looking like Justin Verlander of old. He's got a perfect game going in the sixth, and uh, they're just, just getting stuffed. And uh, Gerard Dyson, uh, drops down a bunt, uh, beats it out, and, and uh, gets on base. The next thing you know, they, they they're jumping all over Verlander. For, you know, three more hits and a couple walks that inning, knock Verlander out, come back to come from behind to win that game. And that's another one I look back on. And, and Dyson's speed and the impact he could have on a game was was big this year, and that was a classic example of it. And uh, you know, I remember you know afterwards they just said, hey, we just had to get a base runner on. We had to get Verlander out. You know, just throw out a stretch and, and change up his game, get him out of his rhythm. It was amazing to watch. You know how that game unfolded. So I look back on that one as one that was it was awfully fun as well. And, and uh, yeah, those, those little little things. You play 162, and uh, you know some of them jump out at you when you get done. And and uh, that was certainly one of them. I, I think another memory I have is Mike Zanino and really his breakout uh, in June. I think Matt, looking back, here's a guy that that. that has been, you know, his first round pick. He's the number three pick overall, and a lot of pressure on him. Got rushed to the majors, you know, struggled for a couple of years, and, and again comes out this year. He's he's hitting the buck sixty-seven, I think, after uh, you know his first twenty-five games or something like that. Hadn't hit a home run. They sent him back to AAA. You know, there's just a lot of people saying this guy's never going to make it, and he comes back and he just tears the ball up in June. Uh, uh, they were calling it Junino that month. I remember it's 10, 10 homers that month. And, and he winds up hitting uh, 270 with 25 homers the rest of the way when he comes back, and it turns into a legitimate big-time force so behind the plate. And, and that, I think, is really going to be a key going forward. And uh, uh, that guy behind the plate, if he's what he is, that's a, that's a big piece of what they're looking for. And uh, you know, those are the reasons, you know, if you – if you want to be optimistic, you know, you got to find guys and be big-time players for you. And I think Mike Zanino became one of those this year. Absolutely. And that game you're referencing was on June 7th, Junino, of course. And uh, <laughs> that was a ninth win in 10 games for the M's, uh, thanks largely to his efforts that night. And, uh, you know, like you said, going back to the pitching, if if they can finally get the uh, the injury woes behind them, I clearly see this team challenging Houston for ALS supremacy in 2018 as the rest of that division is is a little bit down. Maybe the Angels emerge, but, you know, you're never quite sure. But hopefully that uh, playoff drought finally comes to an end in the Emerald City uh, in 2018. Time will tell. Good place to wrap this one up, Greg Johns. Our thanks to you. We'll do it again soon. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Seattle Mariners.